Would you believe that we have done 80, 80 of these episodes? Good heavens. Isn't this number 80? This is number, well, well, by the time people are listening to this, it will be 80 episodes. So technically no, but also technically yes. Well, there was an episode zero, and I think an episode minus one, even. Don't do that. No, we. I had a nice number. Well, no, I'm, I, and I'm also thinking there's the super secret one. Yeah, which by this stage, uh, slackers will have, hopefully, listened to. They will have access to it, certainly. Ah, it's very exciting. Mm. 80 episodes. We barely seem old enough, TJ. <laughs> it is strange. It's I mean, 80 episodes, 80 weeks. So not exactly, it's not one-to-one because we don't record every week. Sometimes we do, do double headers. Sometimes we have episodes for holidays and things like that. So a little bit of flex there, but... Well, yes, we are We are now in... Um, I was listening to some, some proper podcasters earlier. Uh, and they, they were talking about uh, the silly season, which uh, is when everybody's frantically recording lots of episodes to try and keep up with their, their publishing schedule. But it, everybody's going on holiday yeah. or vacation or both. And uh, <clears throat> I, I know how they feel. I've got some schedule hassles of my own coming up. Mm, yeah, I think we're going to do some some calendar juggling. It's going to be very, very fun. Uh, yes, well, I, I'm sure you're you're a calendar ninja. And it'll all be very straightforward. <laughs> Calendar peasant, I think, is probably more close. But anyway, have we got we've got show notes? Let me. Oh my goodness, we're so prepared. Hey, Let's we're go all over this with writing. Okay, writing. Uh, I am just actually coming to the end of a Nero's Basics, uh, which mm, is a very good little notebook that we get made for us in the UK. It's got light blue cover, nice dot grid. Uh, and it's well, it's cheap and cheerful. Um, this one is uh, has has been in my back pocket uh, in some what can only be described as some very hot and sweaty weather. So it's worse for wear. Yeah, yeah, it's got that sort of weathered look. Um, I'm, <laughs> got some city miles on it. Yeah, quite quite looking to re- looking forward to retiring this one, which I, I suspect mm. will happen uh, tomorrow because it's. Uh, as we record this, uh, August is hoving interview. Oh, it is absolutely. Yeah, so I will be. Mm, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I'll be going into a new pocket notebook and a new bullet journal. Uh, so, oh, very exciting on the stationary front tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, and I'm writing with still what is to me at least the new Blackwing, which is the eight uh, eleven. I appreciate everybody else on the planet uh, has another edition, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Which will remain uh, will remain unnamed uh, Quite. until it arrives on our shores. Well, it, they have arrived at Nero's notes, and those people that pre-ordered uh, have had their their pencil sent to them, uh, so they are mm-hmm. in possession. My subscription, however, uh, still got sent to this mystery address where there's some some uh, young woman who can't believe her luck. She keeps getting uh, amazing sort of Blackwing packages every six weeks. Um, <laughs> she has every single limited edition stationary thing on the planet and doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and um, <laughs> they, Blackwing have resent uh, my subscription, but it, it hasn't got to HQ yet. Uh, so I'm in that position again where I've got customers going, oh, what do you think of the new Blackwing? I don't know. 
It's probably nice. Haven't seen it. (laughs) Um, But hopefully Claire will um, take pity upon me and send me one of the boxes uh, from our, from our main order and I'll be able to play with those. Um, Mm. But that's enough of my ills. What about you? What are you writing with and on? So again, it's a, it's a tale of two places for this one. I'm writing with something right now and I was writing with something all day. Uh, So in work, I was using the Bicmatic grip mechanical pencil, which is a really, really cheap, Really, really basic orange mechanical pencil. Okay. Um, plastic, big, cheapo. You, you've probably seen them before. They they get a lot of work in secondary schools and things like that. It's a nice functional pencil. It's a little bit iffy on the the lead because you kind of if you go more than one click, uh, the rigidity of the lead is not enough to sustain itself, and so it snaps. Oh. So you kind of got a. It's, it's a one click job. It's a one click and then write. But then you maybe only get three or four lines before it's too small at every angle to get pencil to get lead on paper and so you end up getting not writing and so it's there's a few issues with it but it's a nice enough cheap pencil and i got them for nothing they were in the stationery cupboard and someone went do you want these and i went i do yes please so that's what i'm writing with in work Mm -hmm. Uh, in at home here i've got a state of tradition uh, which has definitely seen better days uh, and i'm trying to uh, get into the stub jar it's it's just beyond or just coming up on steinbeck pretty much transitioning through Steinbeck right now. And so once it's done, I'm sort of into a more, I don't know, carpal tunnel syndrome causing size. <laughs> sure. I will chuck it and I'll put it in the in the glass stormtrooper head that I use for, for pencils. Excellent. And writing on, well, the usual show notes, uh, Rodier, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that's right now. But I've been using my legal pads quite a bit and really, really enjoying those kind of a combo i was writing notes today on a the mini legal pad on one side and then orange post-it notes the double width ones on the other side and kind of comparing and contrasting sort of mm-hmm. basically the the analog version of two monitors for your computer yeah but with two different kinds of paper so that was quite good cool i've got to uh i've got to get you some of those uh field notes over actually they've uh uh i've just my next notebook will be um uh a field notes one of the national parks i'm not exactly Ooh. sure which one um mm-hmm. there are nine to choose from after all. um <laughs> but yeah they have been selling like the proverbial um hot cakes um mm. we we made a big order at the start um and within a couple of days i realized i would need more so i made another order uh and then i made a third order oh wow so those um, are selling well yeah uh fedex uh have now elevated me to best mate syndrome um i have <laughs> chums c- yep c-level executives phoning me up asking about the <laughs> potential impacts of brexit um, you're gonna get a christmas card i would say so yeah the uh <laughs> the, the shipping shipping expenses in nero's notes of the last month have been uh, let, let, shall we say record-breaking mm-hmm. um well, there you go. Uh, good problems to have as problems go. Mm. Uh, what about watching? Have you been watching anything? Yeah, I watched a film that I think a lot of people would expect that I've seen, but I had not seen until this weekend, and that was The Goonies mm. from 1985. Yeah, it's a classic. And it was good. Yeah, it, it, classic it is. It's one of those films that is seminal. It kind of, you can see, you know, coming to this and not having seen it until now, I'm watching it and going, I can see what that's influenced. I can see this, this, this. You know, you kind of, there's the, the hierarchy of pop culture that drips down from things like that. 
Yeah. And so I can go, oh, that's where that came from. Or, oh, that's, that's where that originated. I can't help feeling that it wouldn't do very well if it was released now. And mm. yeah, the I reason I say that, right. yeah. yeah, I just finished Stranger Things season three, which is made in 2019, but set in 1985. And watching the two of them very, very close together, it was really interesting because I was going, The Goonies is, is legitimate 80s and it's really cheesy and it's a little bit... It's a few bits and you're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that now. That's mm-hmm. a really interesting turn of free. Like things there you think, mm, in retrospect, with 30 odd years, you know, retrospect and, and, and experience, you go, mm, maybe not. Whereas Stranger Things evokes all the same kind of like nostalgia and tropism and really really fun 80s music and and visuals and fashion and all that stuff but it's a lot more modern tone and i think it kind of chimes potentially better with with an audience so i can't have feeling if you release the goonies as it is right now as a new film you know people would like the 80s thing but i feel like it wouldn't maybe do the same as if it when when it was released in the 80s originally yeah, I mean, I think I think that's always true, isn't it? If you if you mm. have a sort of uh, packaged uh, filmmaker's view of a period of time, then it's it yeah. is by definition stylized and that's um, dated, I suppose. Yeah, things like you know, Baby Driver, movies like that, where there's this sort of stylization of everything um, that's not mm. it's not meant to be realistic. I don't think is it. Um, and yeah. I suppose it's an easier sell when you know what your audience is looking for and what your audience understands, which, you know, I guess the Goonies sort of broke broke a mould or two when they made it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was fun. I enjoyed it. And are these all um, at home or have you been giving that cinema ticket a run out again? <laughs> no, these are all at home. So the Goonies oh. is on Netflix and so are Stranger Things. So oh. Netflix has been getting a good, good run. So the cinema is is breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, that- a bit. I mean, I've definitely, I've still got my money's worth this month. I think I've been four times, and the the break even point on my spreadsheet is two films per month, for it to be cheaper to get the the monthly ticket than get the individual tickets. Uh-huh. And so I'm still making my money's worth, but I think my record was maybe seven films a couple of months ago. So four is not. You know, those are rookie numbers. I need to get those up. <laughs> I dare say, over the year, it's all going to work out okay. <laughs> Yeah, if you average it out, yeah, that's probably fine. Uh, what have I been watching? Oh, I I watched a movie on um, what was it on? I think it was on on one of the Sky Movie channels, um, mm. and it's uh from last year, I think. Skyscraper, uh, with is this a Dwayne that's Rob him Johnson vehicle? Yes, yep. the fella himself. Um, I I suppose it was a sort of. Uh, it's just a remake update of a cross between Towering Inferno and, mm-hmm. um, oh, what am I thinking of? Bruce Willis, uh, Die, Die Hard. Hard. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, th- there was no, uh, yippee-yay, your yippee-ki-yay chicken plucker or anything like that, but, um, <laughs> uh, there, there was Dwayne being, being Dwayne, um, and a very memorable line that I've, instantly forgotten so it can't be that memorable but <laughs> it was uh it was around duct tape um if you can't fix something with duct tape then you're not using enough duct tape or something to that okay yeah uh, to that effect he was using it i think to um 
Uh, what was he doing? I think he was reattaching his prosthetic leg. No, <clears throat> oh, as right, you so, do. So there you are. Oh, I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, but no, I mean, it was it was great. It was exactly what you'd expect. Uh, the goodies won in the end. Yay. Um, it all resolved very well. Some great stunts, lots of CGI. Yeah, fabulous. There's an old engineer's adage that my brother told me once, and that it's to do with duct tape. And it's, if it moves and it shouldn't, duct tape. If it doesn't move and it should, WD-40. Uh-huh. And everything else is non-negotiable. Yeah, I think that was pretty much my father's approach to most things. <laughs> uh, Those two things are the toolbox. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was he was a communications genius for the Royal Air Force. I mean, there you go. That tells you all you need to know, I suspect. Um, what about listening? You've been listening to it. Have you listened to 13 Minutes of the Moon, TJ Cosgrove? I'm so guilty that I haven't. Oh, known. God. I know. I kind of... I'm a little torn because I want to listen to it, but every time I go to put it on, I'm like, I'm not in the right headspace to sit down and listen to this. Even though I love space stuff, like I, I literally have NASA patch on my backpack and a lapel pin. I'm all about the space stuff. But for whatever reason, my, my commute's at the minute, I just want to listen to, uh, there's a podcast that I listen to, and then there's my audiobook, which is the Neil Stevenson one. Mm. And I just, I'm in that zone, and I feel like throwing something else into it will disrupt it and i kind of like this is far too long to wait and i will listen to it before now but i'm going to kennedy space center next year and i'm like mm, that would be a good time to like that'd be a good you know aura of interest to listen to but i'm gonna have to listen to it before then yeah you're gonna have to just a lunch break or something <laughs> something just off the wall have a quick listen um and then work out where you're gonna put it in your routine because i suspect you will consume it <laughs> quite voraciously mm. Um, Speedy. I, mean, I was fascinated by it, and this is much more up your alley than mine, I'd say. Um, so what have you been listening to? I've got Midnight Special I'm seeing there. What's that? Yeah, that's Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, so, right. A little okay. bit of old school Creedence. Wow. I didn't even know that you knew who they were. <laughs> CCR? Yeah. I'm, like, I listened to those bands back when I was a teenager. Good luck. Yeah, Hidden Depths, TJ. Is <laughs> everybody thinking a dark side? Everybody thinking you're a Blink One Eight Two boy. I mean, I have seen them live, and I do love them. But yeah, there's a there's a wide, uh, let me see, synesthesia, a, a large capacity of music that I will enjoy. Um, and Blink One Eight Two is a small pizza slice of that. Excellent, very good. Well, um, I was just going to give a shout out to uh, the guys at Take Note, actually, because. Um, they, for a couple of weeks, have been touting this new Field Notes. Um, I don't know if you've come across it, the the Wilco collaboration. Oh, I just saw it today, actually, on Instagram. Yeah, they, um, they uh, Ted or Adam, I can't remember which one, but one of them uh, was at a Wilco concert because he's a Wilco fanatic um, and sort of happened upon a merchandise store where they were selling bespoke Field Notes. Um, and there are six designs, one from each member of the band, I think, broadly is how it goes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and so there was this sort of huge, he bought everything um, because he <laughs> Give knew me them all. Well, because he knew that all his field nuts <laughs> guys would, would want them. And so he was, you know, I think very nicely, he was just trying to make sure everybody got sorted out and was trying to help everybody out. Um, and then they were. Uh, discussing the edition and predicted absolutely spot on that it would become uh, a sort of mainstream Field Notes edition because it kind of had to. 
And lo and behold, uh, as a retailer, uh, I got yet another email from Field Notes. And FedEx <laughs> got yet another shipping order. Swipe that yeah, gold card, exactly. the gold FedEx special customer. Yeah, I just, I just have to turn around three times and say FedEx, and a little, little fella appears now. Um, so yeah, say FedEx three times in the mirror, and they appear on your side with a box. Exactly, ready to take my order. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to that, um, listening to the folks over at uh, RSVP. I think they've been doing really well mm-hmm. recently. Um, and of course, uh, the mighty pencil podcast erasable mm-hmm. um and i've and got betty brad uh over on the panel i think they've all been doing uh great shows of late uh and that's i listen to so many of them that's kind of keeps me busy it blurs can i ask a question mm. do you know the band wilco no no neither do i so when you said it i was like that's a really strange crossover for an american notebook company to do a crossover with a british home goods store <laughs> was my first thought that would because be we don't have wilco yeah that, that that's one for the ages we don't have wilco in northern ireland but i did love it when i was in england and it was is it wilkinson is it it is wilkinson and it's like yeah. a yeah it's like home goods they do uh washing up liquid and storage boxes and pencils and sweeties and stationery and literally everything it's one of those ones that just does everything but um i did love them when i lived in england and they don't exist over here, but it was my, the first thing that came to mind. And I thought, ah, oh, right. Okay. That's niche, I suppose. But yeah, whatever works. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the thing is that um, if you go onto any of the four, the, you know, people speak so uh, sort of offhandedly about it. There's this assumption uh, that, you know, everybody knows what Wilco is. And of course, me being me, I just sort of nod. Uh, however you do that uh, digitally. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Hmm, hmm. Um, Those, yeah. But I, I'm not aware of them have, having had any impact uh, in my life, which is not necessarily um, unusual, but in, in the UK <laughs> at all. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't say I, tr- I follow popular music that closely, so it could well be very, very important, very, very you know, popular work, and it would go by me you know, just the way Love Island has gone by me. I, don't, I know that that's a show. I don't know what's happened on it. Oh, I heard something on the... I, I was listening to the news today. Oh, this is topical. Um, <laughs> right. I'm probably going to get this all wrong, so forgive me. I yeah. think there were 36 contestants. That's a... Okay. And... For a Love Island show? Yeah, on, on the Love Island show. And it's just been revealed that only six of them were members of the public who applied to be on the show. And I think the conceit is, or the understanding is, that these are ordinary, normal folk thrown into this weird situation. Um, But actually, it turned out that six of the people there uh, got there having been represented by their professional agents. And 24 of them were identify or sorry found identified and recruited by the casting team of the show so i think i think the underlying implication of bfbs news was hmm this is a little bit artificial (laughs) yeah alternate reality tv yeah Uh, i mean of course everybody over the age of 30 was going no do you think (laughs) Um, <laughs> oh no um, but uh, yeah I mean it's, it's been a massive show uh, yeah. every time I turn on the radio some, somebody is telling me that 
A, B, or C has happened in Love Island, and that um, couple A, B, or C have done something or not done something. <laughs> no idea what it all means, but um, there you are. God. I find it really interesting as well. I heard this this statistic on the radio this morning. I think it was three point eight million people tuned into the final. That's right. quite a few people. Mm-hmm. That's a good chunk of of people watching TV. Um, what's interesting as well is that that is touted as a very very good number. That's big. That's huge. Mm. Um, do you know who PewDiePie is? Pardon? Do you know who PewDiePie is? Cutie Pie. P e w d i e p i e. Not a Scooby Doo. Right. He is the largest YouTuber in the world. He okay. has something like eighty nine million subscribers. It is something ridiculous. Wow. Um, Swedish lives in Bristol. Does videos about games and, and memes and stuff like that. Um sort of contentious controversial some people like him some people don't um but his videos about minecraft which is a video game or memes or other other interesting bits and pieces that he does will easily top out five to eight million per video and that's just a guy making videos in a second bedroom on youtube and i'm thinking hmm how many people worked on love island to get 3.8 million on tv Mm. versus one person doing whatever on YouTube and getting two to three times that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, I, re- nuts. I remember when, um, you know, back in the day when there was you know, three or four TV channels, then, <laughs> yeah. you know, weekend Saturday night viewing was, you know, people aiming to get 28, 29 million viewers. Um, yeah. Which obviously would dwarf what, what's, current now because there's so much more choice and there's so much more fragmentation but yeah you're right it's uh yeah a little guy with a video camera I mean, i'm sure he's got a very good setup and he's very professional mm. but um nevertheless as you say it's it's nowhere near the sort of league of production costs that would be associated with these no these professionals. so efforts. i just i just i find it interesting that that was kind of thrown up there as a big number and going Wait a minute, like 3.8 million is a very, very popular YouTube video, but it is nowhere near the most popular YouTube video. Sure. Which is upwards of hundreds of millions. Hmm. Oh, there you are. We are definitely, we are definitely fingers on the pulse, the media <laughs> pulse. Tangents uh, ahoy. Yeah, and a bit of that too. What about reading? Are you reading anything? So my, my show note was somewhat optimistic. I am still listening, readings, whatever you want to call it, to Fall or Dodge in Hell, which is really, really good, the Neil Stevenson one. Um, I'm about halfway through it now. It's really, really good. It's a long book, and so I'm finding I'm taking a few breaks from it, not because it's bad, but because it's nice to kind of refresh and get out of a headspace and then come back in and enjoy the book fresh. Yeah, for sure. The other one that I've written down in our show note was Analog Magazine, the sci-fi book that I like. Mm -hmm. Um, I've written Lunchtime Break Instituted, and this was written on Sunday night, I think, somewhat optimistically thinking, yeah, that sounds like a good way to spend my I'm going to do that all week. It's going to be fantastic. Really look forward to it. And then I've sat and ate my lunch while working every day this week because I'm busy. And so I have not read it at all. It's sat in my bag. I've carried it to and from work three days in a row now. Uh, and it has not been opened once. Uh, the best laid plans of mice and men. Mm, exactly. So optimistic, but I mean, I will read eventually, just not not this week. Right. Well, I've been reading um, uh, a natural 
by Nora McKinney, which I think I mentioned uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the husband of the author is none other than Urban Hafner, who people might know from The Fountain Pen Companion, uh, Two Guys, mm-hmm. Zero Planner, uh, and we know um, from our Slack group. And he described it as a thinking person's Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, I, teach it, honestly. I, uh, it's bad for my heart, this sort of thing. <laughs> you having palpitations? Well, honestly, I said, it's bringing some colour to my face that hasn't been there in many a year. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I would also have to say, quite honestly, I think it's very well written uh, so far. So, um, yeah, go go buy that. It's about, I don't know, four and a half pence or something on Amazon. It's, <laughs> it's not expensive. Um and it's, yeah, it's a diverting read. A, a diverting read. There we are. That's how Stimulating we'll... literature. Now, uh, given that I'm British, I think we've talked about that for far too long already. Uh, what about <laughs> drinking? Have you been drinking anything? Nothing fun, unfortunately. Well, oh. that's a lie. I had a beer the other day. Good man. But no, that was about it. Um, I'm currently drinking water. And I've been drinking black coffee. Although it is... A struggle would be a strong term. It's not a struggle, but it's a constant source of <laughs> small moments of, oh, I wish I had milk in this. Oh, This would be nice. A little, little bit of self-pitying martyrdom. E- exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's complete first world problems nonsense. Like, I don't need milk. It's perfectly delicious, perfectly fine coffee. The f- I don't even need the coffee. So being annoyed about not having a, an additional ingredient to the coffee is all levels of daft. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, I'm still going. It's inescapable, I think. It's it's part of our sort of privileged human condition. (laughs) But I'm still drinking black coffee. I'm still fasting every day, uh, except for the weekends. I sort of take off maybe my Saturday and a little bit of Sunday Mm -hmm. um, to not fast, just so I can eat normally with Meg and we can enjoy breakfast and things together, so it's a bit nicer. But I'm actually finding it, now that I'm in a rhythm and a pattern, it's fairly self-maintaining, to be honest. I kind of get up. I have a little bit more time in the mornings because I'm not concerned about trying to grab breakfast before I go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gauntlet between my office and the train station is non-existent in the morning, so that's fine. And then I kind of work on through and by 12 o'clock when I break my fast, it's I'm hungry, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling energized and I can stop and have my lunch or work through and have my lunch. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Excellent. Well, um, uh, here's my little... Sound effect for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, Very good. That's uh, Carlsberg, uh, which is brewed here on the island, um, obviously mm-hmm. of Danish extraction. Uh, and they've changed the labelling here. So suddenly now every Carlsberg says, Carlsberg, since 1847. Which ah, I so have close. Uh, Yeah, I have to say, it gave me a start <laughs> the first time I saw it. Um, and uh, inevitably, when, when the beer gets too bloaty, uh, I shall slip into a little Cypress brandy. Um, it's uh, it's still very very humid here, um, very hot. But that's pretty much par par for the course here. That, that's kind of Cyprus in the summertime, I'm afraid, friend. Yes, there's not much can be done about that. Um, <laughs> what about buying? You buying anything? Yeah, we bought the big cases. Oh, uh, if anyone from the British extraction will know that the big cases are the cases you take when you go transatlantic. Um, the previous case that I had, the big case. Uh, was a hand-me-down from my parents, 
because they had used it for I think 20 odd years and it was still fine and so they gave it to me and I used it for six or seven and it's a big chunky Samsonite green like roller case yeah, but the yeah. wheels are on the back so you can lift up the front and it wheels along the back wheels 42 um, 42 kilos empty exactly and so my your limit is 18 kilos and 18 of that is taken up by case so you can put uh air from florida in it if you like but nothing else um so yeah we we had that and the reason we stopped using it is because it is so heavy and thankfully the technology behind cases and packing has come along a little bit um and so we were able to to look and go okay let's get some real cases that we're going to use because we've got a couple of trips uh, and we can get some that will last us rather than using old school ones that are we're, they're hurting us with the weight limit now because we're kind of before we pack a single thing we're more than three quarters up <laughs> on what we've, we've got in the case uh, so we went to a big department store in belfast and looked around and looked in a couple of nice stores and the experience is lovely and looking at different cases and really interesting and trying them out and looking at them and there's a whole bunch of experiential parts there that are really nice and then i looked at the prices and went yes that's fine but preferably less than that and so we thought right okay well we have some numbers and i made some notes in my notebook and then we we dandered off i went to starbucks and got a coffee and we were sitting and i went right well let me check the website for it was american tourist is the name of the, the company the offshoot of samsonite sure uh went and checked and thought right these are the cases we wanted do 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 oh there's a summer sale oh there's an extra 10 percent off okay let me just quickly oh Right. So the cases, if we bought the two cases we wanted in the department store round the corner, it would have been about £400 Wow, for two cases. Yeah. If we bought them online from the actual website with this discount, I think it was 127 for both with shipping. Heck, that's a big saving. <laughs> and so the two of us went, yes, bye. Bye, 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 bye. Um, because even even then I was going, well, if I was going to get a cheapo case, because the decision was, was was tiered, right? There was the decision of, we want a new case. Mm. Then there was, do we get a cheap case that will do one trip and fall apart? Or do we get a case that will do multiple trips and be an investment? And so cheap case, 25, 30 quid will get you something that might work. Mm -hmm. um, sort of 50 pounds plus is getting into, this is probably going to last multiple trips. And so at this price point, we were looking at about 65 pounds each which is right in the sweet spot between yeah, it's pretty good and yeah, permanent, you know, investment. It's kind of in that sweet spot. And so we thought, well, these are worth far more or well, worth is an objective, subjective thing, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, these normally go for this. We would have paid this for them. We can get them for significantly less. Let's pull the trigger. Sure. So they will arrive in the next two or three days. In fact, they won't arrive in the next two or three days. What will happen, and I'm, I'm predicting the future here, is these two large cases will turn up at my door with Royal Mail. Uh, the man will walk down, or the woman will walk down with them to my door, uh, not ring my doorbell, but the motion tracking will alert me that they're there. They will stand for approximately 2.5 milliseconds before turning around, walking back up my driveway with the cases, putting them back in a van and driving them to the local depot, where I will have to go three days later to pick them up because it doesn't delivery they're not going to be delivered to my house even though they're being delivered to my house i will not get them delivered to my house <laughs> am i to understand that you've had some delivery issues of late <laughs> well it's just that statistically speaking these deliveries are going to be made whilst i am in work uh, and given that my safe space for storing packages is not large enough 
no, it's not a 747 cargo hold. <laughs> so these are not being stored there. So I know, statistically speaking, these are going to arrive at my house and then tantalizingly leave my house. I will have video footage of all of this and then I'll have to go and get them two days later anyway. <laughs> well, still, it'll be a nice trip out for you. <laughs> yeah. I, a, wee, a wee day trip for me, the, the lonely shut-in. You think you've got it bad. I've got to go and register for Cypriot tax. That really is oh a day trip. <laughs> and some institution, the bowels of some institutional uh, strange maze of a building. Yes, it's a weird, weird building, very adjacent to a weird, weird post office uh, where <laughs> whatever signage and labelling there is, is done in Greek. And mm, where, sorry. and the... Uh, the uh, the civil service of Cyprus, uh, which was uh, born out of the British colonial civil service, is equally as impenetrable, difficult and obstructive uh, as, as we, we taught them. <laughs> they've, they've, take, they've taken that sort of British bureaucracy and turned it up and thrown in a bit of Greek insouciance. They just don't care. Oh, <laughs> honestly. And if Americans think that the DMV is bad, then they should come and try and queue to get a, a driving license issued here in the UK. Oh, I, I, I TJ, honestly, I paid 200 euros <laughs> to have uh, a fixer guide me through the registration of the car. And and we sat, wow. we sat in uh, the Department of Transport with, uh, it's, it's a fantastic site. There's two rows of seats full of british people patiently waiting then there's a, a gap and then there's the sort of reception desk which is the kind of barrier to getting to the actual people who are working both of them behind and between the british people <laughs> sitting and the reception desk is a wall of greek people queue jumping and by greek i mean cypriot so queue jumping each yeah. other and calling over, you know, does that person there remember that they were at the wedding of the third cousin of his best friend's dog? And, you know, seriously, I've got stuff to do. I need to be somewhere. And they're all out, out favoring each other. And then you've got this little <laughs> phalanx of fixers where privileged people like me have said, oh, please just make all this happen. Um, and they sidle around and go, Christmas is coming. You know we always sort you out. Um, it's astonishing, but the the uh, the personal tax uh, thing is a little bit different. You kind of have to do it yourself, and uh, I I only know this. I've done it before, and so I go in and say I'd like to register for tax, and they look at you and go, "Why on earth would you do that?" <laughs> so, well, because I'm now living here and not in the UK, I kind of need to pay my tax here. Uh, that's how the law works. And again, they look at you as if you've thrown up on them. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Allow me to show you my card. You see that? It says uh, anti-money laundering financial services compliance. I, I kind of <laughs> have to be legal. Let me just highlight this yeah. word in the middle here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of have to, you know. Oh, don't worry about it. If we need tax from you, we'll find you. Don't worry. Don't worry. So I have to go through all that. Um, 
how do we get there anyway uh buying buying. what have i been buying um i when we were recording episode more oh, i don't know i suppose must have been episode 30 35 i was commuting to work on foot uh with the dearly departed much missed nero uh so mm-hmm. i was walking 14 15 miles a day uh in whatever weather and I was playing golf, and I was doing a bit of cycling, and I was on the exact same eating regime as you. So by my own fairly low standards, I was quite trim. Trimmer than I've been for, I'd say, a decade or two. And then I moved to Cyprus, and for reasons well documented, do not take my dog out for a walk. Uh, And uh, for reasons that anybody listening to this podcast will understand, um, do have the odd beer, um, I'm a little bit bigger, and it's known affectionately amongst the uh, expat community as the Cypress Stone. So you come to Cyprus <laughs> and you put on a stone, which for American listeners that's fourteen pounds. Um, I I've not I like been that. I've not been content with a stone, so I've I've got the Cypress Stone and a half here around my midriff. Um, as a consequence, um, most of the clothes that I bought. Uh, around about the time we were doing episode 30, are, shall we say, a little bit tight, or perhaps more accurately, comically tight. (laughs) And, of course, me being me, having lost all that weight, uh, and this is something that Margaret reminds me of three or four times a day, I said, (laughs) I'll never be that size again. Get rid of these clothes. And, as a consequence, have no clothes that I can wear. Now, I have gradually fixed that, so I do have the odd thing. And, and to be honest, in Cyprus, you don't wear very much during the summer because it's hot. Um, but I'm going back to uh, England, northeast England, no less, uh, where I'm uh, doing an anti-money laundering stress test and delivering uh, an overview of anti-money laundering compliance to directors and senior managers. So golf knickers and a t-shirt probably won't do it um so i've had to go i mean it's a look Mm. yep they'd remember me i'm sure but um no (laughs) as you're escorted from the building (laughs) so i've had to go out and buy a a dark suit uh very similar to the dark suits that i own just a couple of sizes bigger um and so that's been my my shopping uh apart from plumbago which i've pre-ordered and I would encourage mm, all the listeners exactly. to do that. Plumbago, the wonderful, well, I suppose it's an e-zine or magazine or fanzine. Oh, what's, what's it called, DJ? It's a zine, isn't it? A zine zine. Zine zine. Zine zine zine. Gesundheit? Yes, exactly. Which I think is due, oh, it's probably going to be end of August, September, I suppose. Something like that. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, but if you pre-order it, then uh, poor old Andy doesn't have to sort of fund all the printing out of his own pocket, which is nice. Uh, so yeah there'll be a link in show notes so please go along even look at it it is really really cool i have all of the issues and it's a it's a great little publication really really niche it it evokes everything that we love about analog and stationary ephemera all that stuff and it's it's dedicated passionate people have put it together and you're reading through it and you can feel the love and the care and the attention that goes into every single page absolutely i would fully endorse that so go along to that, get it. Uh, I have. 
Uh, parish notices and life changes. Now, TJ, you've written another one that looks like a statement of intent rather than a sort of... <laughs> I'm ambitious, if nothing. Uh, yeah, intermittent fasting still going. It is. Well done, me. Pass me is correct. Um, healthy eating, healthy drinking, better work schedule. Yeah, all those are, are holding true. I was recording bits for a video just before we started recording. Uh, and so I'm actually, I'm, I'm back on track with the things that I'm, I want to do. I'm getting a better balance with the things I need to do. And I, I'm feeling good about all of it. Excellent. That's all very good. We, we'll have to do an episode on that at some point, because I'm probably the exact opposite of that at the moment. But anyway, um, <laughs> so after last week's episode, uh, the poor the poor guy that's coming to see us, Linus, um, who's my Swedish-Finnish mate who lives in Norway, uh, felt so guilty about his um, his carbon footprint that I think he's taken measures to offset it. Um, <laughs> he's bought 1,500 trees. Yeah, Norway. probably, yeah. Um, but <laughs> but he did say, he said, well, yeah, I feel guilty about coming. I said, no, that's not the idea. So he will be arriving up by the time this show goes out. Uh, he will be here, in fact, I would suggest. Yeah, oh, very good, very good. He'll be uh, in place. He's arriving uh, at the weekend. Uh, and in the way that I find only Americans and Nordic people do, uh, he he he's travelling a very long distance for a very short time. So he's it's going to be, I suppose, about seven seven eight hours flying, I would guess. Um, mm. And he's going to be here for five days, and then turn around and fly back. That's all right. I thought you were going to say like two days. Two days is is not a lot of time. Five days is fine. Sure, sure, but. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm British, okay, so the holidays come in sevens, tens, and fourteens. That, that is the only permissible, <laughs> yeah. particularly if you're going abroad. Although, you get to 14 and then you go, that's a lot of time off. Yeah. Oh, have you accrued that? Mm, oh, not sure about that. But, and also, I mean, in the States, that's your that's your annual leave entitlement gone, isn't it? Because yeah, they, they, they get no vacation time at all. Mm, that's another conversation because yeah. um, mine stuff. is not 14 mine is six, substantially more than 14 uh, I guess academia yeah, yeah. Mm. you barely go to work <laughs> at all as far as I can work <laughs> um, so uh, yeah he's coming I'm really looking forward to that we've got lots of golf scheduled um, we met through golf so <laughs> seems to make sense uh, yeah, it kind of tracks and there's the usual thing with um, many of my male friends yourself being being an exception to this uh, it's quite important to schedule things with most of my male friends because most of my male friends, like me, are inveterate alcoholics. And <laughs> left unsupervised for a six hour... We've got six hours with nothing to do. Pub. But it, it just happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a sort of um, coalescing into those places without any kind of supervision. Yeah, it's some sort of Pavlovian response. Uh, <laughs> no, no supervision. Free time, pub. It just, pub. Boom. Yeah. Uh, and Simple equation, really. Yeah, and then it all... Uh, regrettably, um, my recovery time now stretches into weeks um, after a lot of time in a pub. So um, I have to avoid that at all costs and have therefore scheduled lots of golf. Um, but I dare say there will be the odd beer and uh, Linus's weakness um, is, is a little bit of scotch. So... Uh, <clears throat> I suspect we might have one or two of those. Um, <laughs> Very good. Uh, and on golf, and I know everybody that listens to the podcast, huge golf fans. Um, I played in the monthly Stableford last weekend, and 
won Division One. Oh, very well done. Yeah, so so I've got another glass now. Um, and annoyingly, I won a glass a few months ago. I, I probably talked about it for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> and it was a sort of tumbler. It's a square tumbler and it says metal on it. Because this is a stable foot, it's a round tumbler. So to get sets, I've got to win five more medals and five more stable foots. I can't combine the two. <laughs> is this one of these ones that you keep or do you give it back as a no, grind house type it's job? just a little glass that uh, has been engraved mm. um, and so yeah I get to keep it and I want a voucher for oh, some, nice. some restaurant that. Uh, so I've now got two vouchers because I haven't used the first one yet. Uh, so no that was very exciting my handicap has been cut so when I play off the yellow tees uh, don't worry if you don't understand it doesn't matter um, I, now, <laughs> I now get nine shots so that makes me a single figure golfer Oh, I know all of that means. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's a sign of progress. Um, golf is one of those things. Very that well done. It rewards you that when you do well, it makes it even harder. That's, that's kind of how <laughs> golf works. <laughs> I know you were enjoying this, but no more. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you can hear in the, in the background there. Spice uh, has spotted something in the garden that she's not happy with. Um, yeah, she's announcing her, um, her careful you know, curation of the podcast episode with, uh, Loud abandoned. It's to show that it's real. It's it's all happening. <laughs> um, we, we were actually out for supper before we started recording. Uh, Margaret and I went out for supper, and because it's so hot, we try and leave lots of windows and doors and sort of air flows open so that the dog doesn't overheat. Um, and mm. that involved leaving a door to the bathroom over, open. Um, and we've discovered that she's very, very fond of toilet rolls. <laughs> uh, particularly particularly shredding them uh that seems to be it's turning them into confetti yes uh so uh, that, that was nice to come home to uh and now she's just out barking at everything um and i think margaret is upstairs at her wit's end not knowing how to get her back there you are right so i think we have uh, 45 minutes in we sort of limped to the end of the uh the regulars <laughs> fallen towards the three pin plug the three pin plug which uh, i will kick us off the three pin plug is a, a plug for the three the three legs upon which this podcast stands uh the first is um is is me that's uh stuart so um i'm at Stu lennon on uh, uh twitter and uh stuart.lennon.587 on instagram uh, you can also find me on everything called Nero's Notes, whether that be nerosnotes.com.co.uk, Nero's Notes on Instagram, Nero's Notes on Facebook, Nero's Notes on Twitter. And uh, Nero's Notes, uh, we curate notebooks from all over the world and sell them. Uh, we will sell them to anyone. Uh, delivery in the UK is free if you spend more than, oh, is it, I think, £14 or £13.50 or something like that. Uh, and very reasonable shipping rates for the rest of the world. Uh, and we also do some really cool subscriptions. So you can subscribe to a sort of pocket notebook uh, collection every three months or a desk uh, collection every three months or the Nero's collection every three months. And uh, obviously there, there are some people that take all three of those so that they have a monthly little package coming through without having to do any looking yeah, or thinking. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do. Um, I also have my own website, stuartlennon.com, where I write about stuff, all sorts of different stuff. Where can people find you, TJ? So I'm TJ Cosgrove and I run 
Wood and Graphite, which is the number two pencil-based video channel on the internet. It's a YouTube channel about pencils and paper and notebooks and all the analog ephemera goodness that we both like. And if you like the podcast, if you enjoy what we talk about here, then you might enjoy some of the videos I make. I've just released a video about my office and studio, the one I'm recording in right this very moment. I'm talking into a Blue Yeti microphone that is featured in that video. So if you want a little behind-the-scenes look at what I'm doing and how I do it, then that video is a very good way to do it, and I'll put it in the show notes. But if you also just go onto YouTube or Google or whatever and type in wood and graphite, you'll find my stuff and see if you like it because I have a lot of fun making it. I have a lot of fun sharing it. And um, yeah, if you want to support me, you want to support the channel, have a look, have a watch. And what's the third leg, TJ? The third leg of this milking stool of greatness is 1857 this podcast itself um it's put together with care and love and attention from the two of us and we're now up to episode 80 with a few secret and uh, under the table episodes as well hidden in the background but it's not free well it is free for you it's not free for us we spend time and money to keep it running and if you want to help us if you want to listen to more content you want to listen to more episodes you can help us by leaving a review on iTunes, although the efficacy of that is debatable. Uh, you can give us a donation. There's a little donate page on our website where you can hit the little dollar sign and send us many, many monies to help us pay for funding. Uh, the hosting for the, the podcast, I think, is about 15, 12, 15 pounds a month. Yep. Something like that. Yep. Uh, so 12, 15 pounds. It's another month. That's four episodes. That's pretty good going. Or if you don't want to spend any money, but you do enjoy our content, Tell someone, go and find a friend or someone that you think might enjoy the stuff we talk about or the way we talk about it and send them your favorite episode. Let them know they should listen and just just get the word out there because the more listeners we have, the more stuff we can do and uh, just gives us a bit more runway for, for making episodes and recording content. Nicely done. Fantastic. Well, having heard our, our uh, public service announcement and plea for your help and support, uh, we should probably do an episode now, shouldn't we, TJ? What are we going to talk about tonight? Mm, I think we should. So this episode is one that I am aware of quite acutely at the moment myself. And so I thought it would be good to make myself feel less bad by getting you to tell me all your dirty secrets about this as well. And it's lifestyle creep. I thought that was a description. <laughs> it's a bit lifestyle personal. creep. <laughs> it's what it's it's all the things that you let into your life once you've reached a certain comfort level financially that you can allow luxuries and one-offs to become less than one-off or more than one-off i suppose and you know these expenses these little luxuries they creep into your life and in some places we don't notice in some places we notice and scorn them and in other places we're like yeah it's decadent yeah, I don't need it, but pff, I'm not getting rid of it. And I just thought it'd be interesting to see where we land on those because it's something that I do every couple of months. I go, ooh, budgets. Let's have a look at what I'm spending money on. And I find I'm doing that more and more the older I get. And certainly saving for a wedding, saving for a honeymoon, saving for all manner of things is helping to make me more cognizant of that. You know, my money is finite. I can't invent more every month without doing much, much more work. And so managing it better and not spending it on things that I don't get an all of 
a massive amount of enjoyment or pleasure from and using that elsewhere is probably a better way of doing it. So are there things, and I've kind of put three topics, three headings for lifestyle creep in in my show note here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is hidden monthly expenses because you've got your normal monthly expenses. That's fine. Like your, your Netflix or your, your Apple music or whatever it might be, your subscriptions, your different things that you pay every month that you're happy to pay. But there's also the hidden ones, the ones that are, you know, they're not named subscriptions, but you buy them with regularity such that they are essentially subscriptions. The other one is the gauntlet. And this is personal to me, but I think a lot of people probably experience this. You know, the stuff that tempts you every time. And so the regularity of your commute or your your habits or your, your passions or your hobbies, you find yourself in the same places and around the same things. And so you go, got another coffee. Oh, quick, grab some fast food, whatever those things might be. And the last one I think might be interesting to look at, and these may match and may not match with your topics, is leveling up, where we used to buy that thing and it was totally fine. It worked really well. But now that we're a little bit better off, we're going to buy the exact same thing, but in a nicer bag, because that shows that we're like a level up We're we're doing well. Look at us. We got the fancy G's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, a, uh, that's one that we can definitely uh, <laughs> t- touch on. <laughs> Are those three topics? Is that those good headings for for your experiences or is that not, not enough? Um, well, I think... Uh, there's a stage of life thing here as well, where um, I suppose, I I don't know how or when this happened, but I've sort of come the other way from this to a certain extent, or I'd like to think that Mm. I have. And then I started thinking about this for the show note and started listing out subscriptions. (laughs) Um, and, And just as I've been listening to you, I've thought of a couple more. That, um, oh, no. if, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if, if I were actually able to um, to multitask, I would type them in. There we go. There's another one. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the, the people that are encouraging us to buy stuff are very clever. They know how to do it. Um, and <laughs> yeah, uh, all of the sort of changes that we've seen in in how people uh, uh, software being one. You know, we we all got encouraged to start buying apps for our computers and our phones. And, and then everybody realized that they could make much, much more money if they got us to pay every month or year. And so subscriptions became yeah. a thing. So if you want to use Microsoft, which, you know, if you're in a, a corporate company, you are pretty much going to be using Microsoft Office. Uh, that's all licensed now. Um, and if you then you know, step away from the corporate environment, but still want to have that stuff, then you have to buy it yourself. And suddenly you go, wow. I mean, I remember I used to pay I don't know what it was. It was maybe three hundred pounds to buy a license for Microsoft Office, um, and now it's—I don't know what it is. It's probably about twenty-five, thirty, forty pounds a month, Oof. which you know, you, in the grand scheme of things, if I've got clients who are using Microsoft Word, then I need to be able to speak to them in Microsoft Word. That's what they want. They're—they're yeah. they're paying the bills. It's forty pounds. I can afford it. But then you look at that and you go, "Wow, that's five hundred pounds a year." Um, and because I, I'm a Mac user, I don't really like Microsoft, but <laughs> I was going to say yeah. Microsoft 
See, I can't do it. I just don't like Microsoft. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no ending to that sentence. There's no further words. That was the full stop. That's it. So, um, you know, I use different writing apps for, for word processing. I use some of the, the Mac stuff, but I also use third-party stuff like Ulysses. And guess what? Ulysses is a subscription app. <laughs> membership it sounds so much yeah, better if you say and, membership and then you, you know i can hear people screaming at the at, at their computers now yes i'm aware of setup i know what it is um and setup is a sort of collection of apps that you pay a monthly fee for and then you can use all of those apps including ulysses um but then setup doesn't necessarily work on your mobile devices and so oh it gets a bit there are lots and lots of mechanisms at, at play and just just thinking mm. quickly off the top of my head, I've got MS Office, Ulysses, One Password, mm-hmm. Apple Music, Harvest, which is a uh, time tracking thing, um, iCloud, Dropbox, Netflix, Amazon Prime, The Economist. Um, I just thought of a couple more, which I then instantly forgot. <laughs> um, and quite a few. Uh, zero which is a accountancy packaging thing um mm-hmm. and if i were to add up all those numbers uh because they go from different bank accounts because i'm i have two businesses so i have two bank accounts that, and i have obviously me um so they don't all appear on one statement which is probably a very clever piece of subterfuge by myself on myself um <laughs> and and actually you know i, I stand here now um I can open Microsoft Office um, uh, files on Mac software. So Pages will deal with a Word document and you can use Pages to produce a Word document. It's a, it's a kind of an export. Mm. Uh, so you can make it work. I mean, it's not native. It's not completely natural because the, the people on the other end of this communication are using Microsoft computers. So that you know, yeah. they're living in a Windows world and there's a couple of janky little things and it just gets annoying but you could do it and if i was paying wasn't paying for ms office then i would be using pages a lot and if i was using a pages a lot would i need ulysses yeah, probably not i use ulysses for my sort of longer writing and for my shorter mm-hmm. writing but it's essentially it's it's another word processor i mean i i think it's the best but it's not you know necessary one password, I think, is a good investment. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's 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 a password vault. It's where you put your passwords to keep them safe. It's where you put generate sort of really long, difficult passwords so that bad people can't break into all your stuff. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, you know, all of those guys. <sighs> yeah, as you say, that's a choice. Do do you want to have access to all of this music? Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. I happen to use the Apple infrastructure, so Apple Music works great for me. But the reality is, I think very few people actually get the value that they perceive. Because most of us tend to sit there and listen to the music we already know. In, <laughs> in your case, you know, Lord Who Run. Yeah, on repeat. I should just buy the CDs exactly. and delete my Spotify account. You know, I, I, I dare say we could both go and spend 50 quid on a few a few CDs and, and be happy. Um, uh, particularly me, because I've got also a massive vinyl collection, which, curiously, is not even in the same country as me. <sighs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Getting some good use time. Yeah. iCloud, Dropbox, you know, all of those types of things. They, they Each of them individually seems like a good decision and a good thing to do. And as you say, it's a creep. 
where you go, oh, yeah, well, iCloud, iCloud's seamless with this, but Dropbox is better at that. So I'll just have both. It's fine. It's good. And I use one to back up to the other, and it's a, they're both great yeah. things, and I've got redundancy, and I oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. And at no point um, do you sit there and go, oh, good, look, I'm spending £180 a month on software. Well done, <laughs> me. <laughs> it's it's like death, death by paper cut, right? It's, yeah. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Oh, it's not too bad. Oh, it's fine. That's grand. And then you look back and you go, oh, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> that costs a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, with, with Apple Music, they have a family plan. So I think you pay nine ninety nine as an individual per month and fourteen yeah. ninety nine for a family plan, which, you know, everybody in the family. Same as Spotify, yeah. Can you do that? I thought, well, that's great. I'll, I'll get that from Margaret. And, you know, after about six months, I said, so, you know, how are you finding the Apple Music? The, the Apple what? <laughs> yeah, you know that oh good that thing we talked about yeah <laughs> apple yeah she goes well if i do listen to any music it's on that that pod thing over there and the pod thing is connected to my account to yours and therefore <laughs> <laughs> so i was getting nothing for that additional five pounds um and they, yeah it's, all of those things as you say they creep they creep they creep they creep and it's only if you do some sort of audit process that you, yeah. that you work it out. And uh, I suspect, like many people, um, I don't do the audit process because I don't want the answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like darkness would be good. Yeah, just I, just a, a veil of uh, ignorance would be lovely about this. I don't have a wedding coming up, so so there's yeah. no sort of big incentive saying right, <laughs> sort this stuff out. Um, and and the other thing that, that feeds into this is um, because of, uh, how, I suppose, how old I am and, and where my life has taken me thus far, um, I I have a house. Um, I've, I've got more than one, in fact, lucky me. Um, I have some money in the bank and I'm, I'm terrible at it, TJ. I'm absolutely awful at managing money. <laughs> Which, bear in mind that I used to professionally manage money, is a little bit scary. Um, but it happens in, in restaurants. I'll get the bill and I'll put the... And Margaret, did you check it? Uh, no. Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, how many beers have you had? Uh, I don't know. Is the price of that bottle of wine? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't retain that sort of information. Does it look reasonable? Yes, pay it. Boom. That's as far as I go. And, you know, I, I'm sure it happens that, you know, I've paid incorrect bills. Um, I'd like to think that, that it doesn't happen often, but I'd, I'd probably just be naive. Um, when, you know, if you're out in a group uh, and they say, okay, let's, let's all pitch in. Okay, it's, you know, it's £100. There are 10 of us. That's £10 each. That's, that is the limit to which I'm prepared to think. If if people then turn around and say, "Oh no, well actually, mine's three pound fifty because uh, I just had this," uh, and I'll go, "Great, somebody tell me how much I need to put in." <laughs> not not because I can't do the yeah. math, but I just refuse to do the math. I'm not no interest. Yeah, not interested in doing this. Um, and I, you know, by nearest and dearest, do get driven insane by my approach to money. They, um, <laughs> I occasionally get driven insane by my approach to money, where you know. I'll come back with something. How much was that? Uh, I don't know. But you just bought it. Well, yeah, I mean, I gave it to them. They put it in a bag, gave it back to me. I gave them a bit of plastic. 
well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I flashed the card yeah. and some credits were exchanged and then that was it. And now, yeah, you just tap it on stuff and I, I don't know how much it costs. <laughs> um, and, you know, there, there was a period, I suppose, you know, four or five years ago where, um, you know, I was, I, I in one year I bought three Macs, I think. Um, and I was just, oh, I want that, I'll buy it. And, you know, that's stupid and irresponsible and you need bigger houses to store all this stuff. But um, somehow or other, I've now crossed this bridge where um, for the first time in many years, my, my computers are, you know, I suppose two or three generations now. No. Okay, I'm an Apple user, so two or three generations is about 20 minutes. But um, it's, <laughs> it's still for me unusual. I've got an iPhone 10. And, yeah. and right now, last year's phone was the 10s. And this year there will be the, well, presumably the 11, I don't know. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't feel any anticipation about it or desire to buy it. Or I've, I've been toying with the idea of upgrading my iPad and I've, I've done something really weird. I've, I've actually looked at the newer iPad and gone, how is it different? Whereas in the past I would have just gone, yep, yep, new iPad looks cool. Good. Bye. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, mm, new iPad looks remarkably like old iPad. And then somebody will explain to <laughs> That's me. not what Apple wants you to do. <laughs> well, exp- you know, people expect, well, it does this now. And I go, it does what? It does this. Yeah, but I don't do that. So I don't need a machine that does that. <laughs> um, it is quite a turnaround. And nobody is more surprised by it than, than I am because it's not anything conscious. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think expense and cost, there are a million ways of thinking about expense and cost. And a lot of them are sort of self-justifying tosh. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've used them all the time when, you know, Margaret is, uh, Margaret's very thrifty. So she'll look at a, a bed. And go, it's, it's 500 pounds. That's a lot of money. And I'll go, yeah, but you know, if we keep it for 10 years, that's what, 50 pounds a year? <laughs> yeah, that's, I've done that mental math. That's less than a pound a week. Really? You don't think it's worth it? You know, we're, you know, it's bed. You know, bed, shoes. Never save money on bed or shoes because if you're not in one, you're in the other. Boom. And there we go. <laughs> There's a 500 pound bed justified done. Um, but actually, there is truth to that logic. And there are, there is this sort of, uh, you know, playoff. It's not playoff. It's something we've talked about many times about value, um, mm. about usage. And there are some things where you have to, I think, turn around and go, yeah, this is this is an excess. But um, you don't um, buy pencils because you need pencils. You have more pencils no. than probably Northern Ireland <laughs> will need in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm similar with, oh, let's think, uh, golf clubs. Um, notebooks, uh, pencils, pens, um, ink for pens, uh, paper. You know, I've I've a variety of obsessions that uh, watches. I mean, I've got, I've only got two wrists, and yet I've I've got <laughs> I don't know fourteen or fifteen wristwatches. Um, and th- those are you know that whole collating and collecting and curating is something that we touched on way back in episode one, I think. Mm. Um, and it's it's something on its own. But I think what you're talking about are these sort of 
They are, you know, you've called them hidden. I suppose they're, they're, they're not, they're hidden in plain sight, aren't they? Sort of seemingly yeah. innocent. We might be hiding them is the thing. It's, they're not hiding on their own. They've got assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to, here, I don't have really any of those. Um, contrary to, to what I sort of, the stories I propagate, I don't go to the pub. So I, I never go to the pub, not because I don't want to, but um, because just the way we live our life is we're going out to eat. Um, and, you mm. know, I will drink what I'm eating, and, but we don't ever go out. Let's go out to the pub. That, that doesn't happen. We don't do it because of where we live. We live in a ma- uh, mountain village. Um, and, you know, if I walk into a, a, a mall, where Margaret's currently working in a mall, so occasionally I go down there, I look at Costa Coffee and... Cafe Nero and all these places and go, oh, look. I, I've got to admit, I don't feel particularly drawn to go into them. I, d- I don't have that sort of gauntlet feeling that you have. Um, <laughs> I mean, the other, yeah. the other day I had uh, an espresso in, in Costa Coffee and it was quite surreal. I was sitting next to an ice rink. It, I saw that photo, yeah. In a mall. Uh, and it's, you know, 35 degrees outside. Just bizarre, weird. Um <laughs> And the reason that I went and had a coffee was because the shop didn't open for 30 minutes. I <laughs> had 30 minutes to kill before I could go and buy... I'm just bored. Yeah, buy a fat man suit. So um, I, I don't feel the pull of those places. I mean, I don't think I ever particularly did, but um, what, else, what else have you got that you're going... Oh, yeah. you, you, it seems to be around this whole sort of coffee and, and quick buy. Yeah, it's one of those things... Right. I remember when Starbucks came to Northern Ireland. I remember the first one. And it wasn't as long ago as you think. I think it was maybe eight or nine years ago. So it was a fairly recent edition. And it came around right when I was a teenager. And so looking for independence, starting to drive. Megan was driving. I was starting to drive. And we were like, we want to go somewhere. We want to get away from our parents. Get away from school and be independent semi-adults. And I was like, well, let's go for a coffee. And a coffee in this instance is in massive air quotes because it was almost certainly some sort of iced beverage that is 99% sugar. I had looked at a coffee once from, you know, far, far across a, a cafe. And that was what we went out and we got a coffee and it was really fun and the Starbucks was really interesting. It was an American brand that we'd never seen or we, we had seen but we'd never been in. And it was very exciting and and then we got all the chain. Now we have Nero and Costa and, and all the others and a few really, really good homegrown ones as well. And that urge to go in and enjoy the coffee culture, the cafe culture type thing. Mm. It's been something that I've done for a long time and I've really enjoyed it. And there are moments when I think this is just class. This is amazing. It's so nice to sit down, have a coffee with a friend or with, with Meg or with family and think this is really lovely. I'm enjoying this. And the other times you think, I am not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because it's a habit. It's almost a, an urge, a compulsion to go in and just sit and be in this space of coffee and music and and working, you know, coffee shop working in, in another air quotes again. And yeah, it's something that I do too much. And it's something that I'm, I'm aware that I do too much. And yet I still do it too much. And it's when I look back uh, at my month of expenditure and I'll look back on my current account and go, hmm, because it, it'll delineate somewhat the different places I've been. And so I sat today with a, a legal pad and wrote out all the dates, all the prices and all the places. 
and then went through and grouped them. And there are bank accounts and all kinds of stuff that'll do this for you. Sure, but my, yeah. whatever way I did, I just did it manually just so I could, it was almost, this is my penance. I'm going to look and, at these numbers that I don't want to be high. I'm going to jot them up and then think about what I want to spend my money on. And so I do this every couple of months just as a, I don't know, just as something to, to make myself aware of where I'm spending my money. Because it's fine. Like I'm not in down overdraft. I don't have you know, massive credit card debt or anything like that. I'm very, very careful with my money on the grand macro scale. But it's the little decisions where I think that could be better. Do I really need that? Do I really care? And the thing that gets me is that, you know, if someone said, do you want a £15 a month Starbucks subscription and you can get three coffees a week? I'd go, no, thanks. I can make coffee in my office. I can make coffee at home. I can get coffee for free at events. I'm fine without that. Thank you very much. But then I'll go and spend £20 a month buying individual coffees between my office and the train station. You think, that's exactly the same thing. It's actually more than the, the, the fictional subscription. And yet I'm doing it willingly because I'm not making myself aware of where I'm spending the money. And that's, it's a series of decisions. It's not one like, I am going to go to coffee shops. It is a series of, I fancy a coffee before I get on the train. Or I, I just get one on the way. Like it's only, have, I've been good this week. I'll get one on the way in. And then you think on the way back, you think, just, I'm starving. I'll just grab something quickly because I'm not going to be eating. I'm going to be busy. And there's a litany of excuses. There's a, there's a, an army of reasons to do things that you can throw at any situation to sort of, you know, back yourself up. And I find myself doing that more often than I'm comfortable with and going, why did I do that? Because it wasn't because I thought about it and thought, mm, yeah, this is the right decision. I'm happy with that. It was just a reaction based on, simplicity or habit or uh, root of least effort i'm not sure but yeah i mean i think you need to be careful because there is an element of um i mean it it comes to your leveling up point as well but that there is an Mm. element of aspiration to this which is that you know going into the coffee shop uh, is is about having um you know possibly a, a macbook under your arm uh, in, in, in a nice <laughs> yeah, satchel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've done all that. Well, you and I both do the same thing, you know, suddenly, suddenly there's reading glasses in the photograph. You know, it's, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, that's literally my Instagram page it, is just, that. it's an Instagram moment. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. You know, just catching up with some work in the coffee shop. You know? So I'm a creative. It's, you know, we both. Uh, I think you, with some justification, <laughs> have this feeling of, of being a creative, whereas, yeah, I'm kind of faking it until I make it. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And in many ways, no. you you touched on this right at the start of the episode when you you kind of feel a little bit of martyrdom when you're giving these things up. You're drinking black coffee because, you know, you see it as sort of putting milk in coffee gives you a tiny little benefit but calories that you don't really need and breaks the fast and, you know, all of that good jazz. Mm. But by by not having it, you also feel that you're depriving yourself a little. And whether you like it or not, there's a link between that and you going into Starbucks and saying, I'll have a frappe macchina thing. And, you know, as you've said before, it's about finding that balance of going, hey, look, it's Friday. It's you know it's Starbucks day. This is when I'm going to go in and have that little cake and that little frappe thing. 
Um, and it becomes a kind of reward. And uh, I suppose the danger is that you then say, and I'm going to go and buy 400 weight of pencils as well, because that makes you feel Because <laughs> I've been really good this week. Because yes. what I need to do is buy 24 pencils every month. Um, <laughs> I have I've I've not stopped it right it's Hmm. not like a blanket do not do this it is bad what I've done is tried to institute levels of it that I'm comfortable with yeah and so instead of it being a almost a a process that has just been let loose and will just ramp up exponentially it's a okay what I did is I went and got one of the the fancy smart card the new bank accounts that don't have banks I got one of those and it's basically a card that is used for expenses what's this Revolut expenses are uh, what it's um, it begins at M. What are they called? Oh, Monzo, Monzo. That's the one, yep. Monzo Bank. So I have one of those cards, and basically I transfer money into that every month, and that money is for fun money. Yep. It's for Starbucks. It's for a cake. It's for that stuff. Now, initially, I put in, I think the I stuck stuck fifty quid in it the first time. I thought, right, that that'll do me for ages, and ages, and ages. <laughs> By Wednesday, I think it I blew through it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was barely two weeks and it had been blown through. And I thought, right, okay, I like the idea. The execution is lacking. Mm-hmm. So the concept works. My use of the concept has not worked out. So then I put 35 onto it and went, right, that's for the month. Spend it wherever you want, however you want. And this is the, the internal monologue, right? Mm-hmm. Spend it however you want. But once it's gone, it's gone. That's your pocket money. And if you spend it, it doesn't exist anymore. And so blew through that. And then I did the very adult thing of going, oh, well, that card doesn't work. Let me just switch to this other card. Boop, that's grand. If, if I can just, interrupt you here, TJ. Uh, listeners, yeah. uh, I'm starting up a fund for TJ's future children. <laughs> um, they are clearly going to be deprived. And I want to make sure that we give these poor little blighters just a little support in what's going to be a very tough decade or two while dad for just gives them four, four, pounds a month. four pounds pocket money and says, when it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm more harsh on myself than I am on anyone You're else. You're practicing and parenting on I... yourself, TJ. That's very <laughs> impressive. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I went fifty to thirty-five. Thirty-five was a, I was a little bit better, mm-hmm. uh, but then I did the finished thirty-five and thought, well, I, I really do need this thing. I didn't need the thing, and I used my my current account instead sure. of my my expenses account. I was like, ugh. Now this is a habit of going, I have the system and I'm ignoring the system to just, like, I could circumvent this any way I want. I I have root level access. I can, I've built this and so I can tear it apart at any point. It only works if I play along. And so I wasn't playing along. And so I looked at it today and thought, right, that's, it, it was not a stupid amount of money. I think it was 20, 25 quid I'd spent this month, just gone in July, on coffees alone. I was like, that's not horrendous. It's also not great. It doesn't need to be that. Like nothing I buy there is healthy. It's not like I'm buying and going, wow, I feel so much better for having had that cinnamon bun and and an Americano. I feel great for that. I can have an Americano in work. I have nice coffee in work. I don't need a cinnamon bun. It's nice every now and again. And that's what the money is provisioned for for that. But I was ripping the ass out of it, I think is the technical term. (laughs) Um, And I just... I need to I need to get better at it. So today I sort of rejigged it a little bit more and dropped the level down to I think fifteen or twenty pounds. Uh and I'm gonna try and be really consistent. But the way I've gotten around it now is just going, right, see how long I can go without buying something? And it's almost a bet with myself. 
about this compulsion, this not addiction is a strong word, but like how many days can you go without buying anything on your way into work? Because you don't need anything on the way in or the way out because you have everything at both ends. So let's just see. And so it's been about three or four days now. And I think that's all right. Yeah, it's not amazing, but it's a start. <laughs> and it's I think it's financial fasting. <laughs> we'll see if it gets me to... I'm doing a 7-2 financial fast. <laughs> um. Col- Colesgrove <laughs> is getting in touch with his inner masochist. <laughs> but I, it, it's useful for me to figure out where the bounds are sure. and then I can figure out what works and what doesn't yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm being harsh on myself because I know I can take it yeah no and I think you know mockery apart um, it's <laughs> you know I do look I am mentally doing the math now as I look at those subscriptions that I'm paying I think wow because a lot of them I'm paying for Margaret as well and I look and I think, okay, yeah. is she getting you set? Is she using that? Mm, well, what about that? Um, and there are some here that I, I look at and go, oh, that's very new. Harvest, for example, I signed up to recently. I used to be a Harvest customer in, in the darkest in the past. Um, but it's, it's essentially, it's a time tracker. So um, it's a time tracker that will also issue an invoice if you ask it to. But um, I use zero for, for my accountancy stuff. So what was important to me was understanding where my time was going. So, um, yeah. A, I have clients who pay me a retainer for which, in theory, they get a certain amount of time. I mean, I, I've never phoned a client and said, you can't talk to me anymore this month because you've used up your time. But, <laughs> Sorry, that's it. Tapping the watch. Yeah, it, it's kind of important to me to make sure that, you know, I'm not sort of you know, spending 10 hours and getting paid for one. That that would be bad. Um, and likewise with, with you know, Nero's and, um, and the other sort of, things endeavors that i'm i'm involved with how much time is going into them um and also uh you know my ledger activities um okay yeah i've done i've done reasonably well for myself and i'm i'm in a sort of semi-retirement stage but i you know i looked last week and i played golf four times last week and because this is a really hot sunny place and everybody that plays golf the average age is about 137 um, it's not fast here. Um, and it's <laughs> yeah. half an hour's drive away. And there's this, like with any activities, there's that half hour. I think the technical term is arsing about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm, gotta pay the price. If I'm playing golf at eight, I leave at seven. And I will finish playing golf at, for the sake of argument, 12. Uh, we'll say 12.30, let's say it's more realistic, 12.30. And then I will have a drink, <laughs> um, maybe even something to eat, but a drink, a chat, and then I will drive home and it'll be two o'clock. So, you know, there's there's seven hours gone. Not only that, I walk through the door looking like a wet dishcloth <laughs> because I've been walking around for five hours in the blazing sun with a massive bag of golf clubs of water on her back. And so I get back and right, shall I do some work? Let's have a look at the watch. Oh, 35 degrees feels like 38. I'll tell you what. No, I won't do some work. I will go and <laughs> wallow in my swimming pool for a minute going, oh, it's hot. And then I'm going to go to sleep. Um, and <laughs> if you're doing that type of stuff and, and you're time tracking, you look at the end of the week and go, hmm, okay. 
So why am I not being as productive as I thought I was? Oh, look, there's 40 hours gone on golf and recovery from golf. Um, <laughs> you have a full-time job of, of golfer, yeah. semi-professional. Yeah, exactly. Except nobody pays me. In fact, I pay to play. Um, so, you know, that, for that reason, I would look at Harvest now and say, you yeah, know, this is a good investment. I'm learning lots of stuff and it's helping me be dis- mm. disciplined. But I look at some of those others and, you know, I'm I'm actually... I'm certain that tomorrow, <clears throat> after I've played golf, um, I will be going through those and going, okay, which of those can I lose? Um, the purge. For example, Amazon Prime. <laughs> My TV is provided by a third party who programs the whole boxy thing and gives me a remote control and goes, idiot, press that button. And I go, oh, it works. <laughs> the, the idea of me getting Amazon Prime onto my television makes me want to lie down <laughs> and yet yeah don't do it and yet I'm, it's not worth well it. and yet i'm paying for it and why am i paying for it tj so that i can get stuff delivered to my uk address where i do not live <laughs> quickly fast <laughs> where it will sit so it can then sit and wait <laughs> until claire decides she's going to send me a care package i mean <laughs> financial wizard life hack by Stu lennon um yeah, that type of thing and as you say why because it's the electronic gauntlet every time i buy something for from amazon either for the business or, or for myself then there's i have to click buttons not to take a trial of amazon yes. Prime. and at some point i missed it um so you know i, I think there is some some serious value to be had out Mm. Uh, which I'm going to have to, mm, yes, go and work, work quite hard. Apologies to the tech sector who have just lost a percentage <laughs> point on their well, it's not, it's financial not just, plan. It's this not year. just tech. I mean, I, I, I buy The Economist. <laughs> I'm thinking, when was the last time I actually mm. read The Economist? <laughs> mm. Mm. I, I do like the Espresso, which is a, is a little app that gives me a sort of five news stories in the morning. Uh, that, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's good. But the actual magazine itself... Um, it's as daunting on an iPad as it is on a on a tabletop. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to be an easy read, is it? Um, mm. Yeah, so I shall. Hmm, I shall have a look at that now. Leveling up, leveling up. Yeah, give me an example of leveling up that you've seen. Oh, so like university university deny is a like a hell of a level up on a lot of things. So university, it was not about quality. It was not about choice. It was about price. So when we were students, it was, okay, we want this thing. What is the cheapest version of this thing that the store provides? Mm-hmm. Uh, so be that toilet roll or rice or chicken or whatever it was. It was smart price. It was store brand. It was the cheapo cheap. Whatever is available with the fewest numbers in it, we will buy that. Yeah. And then as we you know moved out and got jobs and did a little better for ourselves and a little bit less strained financially. It was okay. Well, maybe we'll get just a, we'll just get the normal. This rice looks nice. It's got Jamie Oliver's face on it. It looks good. Let's get that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, these chicken breasts—they're organic. They're you know they're carefully reared. They're they're nice. They're healthy. Let's get those. And then you start getting into the pasta sauces and things like that. And you go, well, I I don't want that one. This one with you know such and such as face on it and. Uh, it's it's twice the price and it's half the size, but it looks really nice. We'll get that. And then, you know, you stop stop drinking and buying and eating store brand and you start 
buying brands and all these other fancy things. Then all of a sudden you go, well, you know, I wouldn't possibly get my meat from from the grocery. I, I need to go to a butcher. I, need to get, I haven't done this yet, but it, it have, I'm threatened. Like, I'm going to go to a proper butcher and get really high quality meat, like butcher stuff. And then I'll have, there's a vegetable man who comes around who I can get to deliver me fresh local vegetables instead of the, the peasant stuff <laughs> oh, that comes whoa, from England whoa, whoa, over in Asda. Let me stop. I've, I mean, I think, I think, yes, you're blending a whole load of issues there. And, um, yeah. The the meat one, for example, we were chatting about in Slack earlier, weren't we? Where mm. we talked about, yeah, we were. and I think that has you know connotations in all sorts of different discussions. Um, you know the uh, yeah around Brexit at the moment. One of the big fears is that we're going to get flooded by um, American chlorinated uh, chicken. Um, now I don't think I've ever eaten American chlorinated chicken, not on purpose, anyway. Um, and <laughs> uh, no offence to anybody in the states, but I'm told that it tastes of well nothing other than a faint bit of chlorine. Um, and I think it's a it's a good idea if you have the means to buy organic meat and you know that hasn't been mucked about with. But I, I take your yeah. point as well that there's a lot of meat that is identical other than the packaging and the branding and the marketing. Yeah. Where yeah. where you end up, as you say, leveling up because I suppose Whole Foods would be the example in the States. The success of Whole Foods is is presumably built around aspiration and leveling up. Yeah. The, the, Here's less for more and it looks nice. Yeah, and it's a feel good factor of shopping there. And and you know how how true that is, I really don't know. I'm I'm casting no aspersions because I don't know. But you look at how slickly it's marketed, and I think, mm, okay, that's where some of the money is going. But the um, the the thing about leveling up is that there are choices that I think you make, and if you're lucky enough to get into a position where you can make them, that's great. I think where where things go wrong, or where we perhaps don't appreciate, is that making those choices is a privilege and it is something that, mm. that it's only worth doing if you gain some enjoyment from it if you see what i mean yeah so um not or you say rice you know not eating that rice but eating this rice if you taste the difference whether that be because you've convinced yourself you taste it or because whether you actually taste then i think it's a worthwhile thing to do mm. um but here's one for you when when we next meet Wherever that may be, um, I, I would suggest in the sun, because much though I love Northern Ireland, uh, it's quite nice here too. Um, <laughs> I think, think Cyprus is probably a safer bet than Belfast, to be fair. We'll get, we'll get Mrs. Lennon to give the two of you a masterclass on pasta sauce, because you should never buy pasta sauce. Ever. <laughs> I did think that might come up. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my inner John Syracuse was jumping. Coil. Was jumping up and down. What, what do you mean you... <laughs> buy pasta sauce um and I, i'd love to say that that you know i've known this all my life i didn't until i until i got intimately involved with an italian family i had no idea i had absolutely no conception of what nonsense rubbish is in those jars in comparison to a real pasta a real pasta sauce is un, it's, it's a different thing it's a completely different thing um, and it's so easy, so easy. But um, this always works with British people. You say to them, "How long do you think it makes to take a pasta sauce?" 
at uh, forty-five minutes, half an hour, about six hours. Oh, so um, if you go into uh, go, wander around North London, all right, you'll see loads of Greek people and you'll see loads of Italian people. You'll also see all sorts of other people, but you will smell the Italian pasta sauces being cooked because each Italian family is cooking this huge vat of pasta sauce and it sits on the stove all day and it's tormenting because the smell is just unbelievable. It's just slowly <laughs> bubbling away. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll organize that masterclass because that's a, that's a level up for A, it's a different league of food. And B, it costs a fraction. You can have pasta sauce for a week, eating it twice a day for the same price as one of those horrible little jars. Easy. Mm, is that is that the next level, level up? <laughs> yeah. Where you're going, oh, no, no, I don't buy brands. No. I make everything myself in my artisan kitchen. There is a lot of that that goes on. There is absolutely <laughs> not that because what you're actually saying there is, um, and I'm going to get all sociological on you, is that I have the time to bake my own bread. Yeah. And then you get to the point of yeah. a bread maker. Don't be so vulgar. I do it with my... <laughs> I do it by hand, darling. <laughs> by hand in my own oven, which is powered by bellows. <laughs> I have the children jumping up and down on the bellows all day. Anyway... <laughs> Before we go off on a, another complete tangent. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean about levelling up. And um, I suppose the obvious one that we've talked about before with me is cars. Oh, look, mm. oh, you know, I'm, I've made some money. Let me let me buy a really expensive car. I didn't need an expensive car before. Um, why do I need it now? Uh, but now I've, got, I've gone over that hump and Caprula serves me perfectly. My little, little Nissan March from 2004. Lovely little car. Um, and I think that that is part of, of levelling up as well. When you see people turn around, they look at me and they go, oh, oh, um, it's quite a small car. And I go, well, it's all I need. And, um, yeah. and people look at you as if you're some sort of eccentric at that point. Uh, and along with eccentric, they automatically think that you're, that you're wealthy, which is, is not the case. But... <laughs> You've gone so far the other way, you've come back on yourself. Well, I'll I tell you what, the, this is something that I learned because I was in business with an aristocrat, um, you know, from a, from a very uh, wealthy family, landed estates and all that stuff. There is nobody on this planet as tight as an aristocrat. They, they will argue over pennies. You want to know where Wilco gets all its shoppers? They're all aristocrats, trust me. <laughs> um, because they they really i mean uh james was i mean he wasn't uh you know wasn't horribly tight in in a nasty way you know he, he would buy his drinks and he didn't go not going out with him he never buys around um but in terms of running his life he was very very considerate of, of everything everything was considered um mm. and if you go into an aristocratic kitchen they wouldn't have a posh fitted kitchen uh, way too much money they, you know, they would see that as a, a considerable waste. I remember James has just recently had one made at his wife's insistence. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, he begrudges it every day. I think he wakes up thinking about the cost of that kitchen. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but I, I can see there's a little twitch in his eye. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, money. money is very important and I make light of it and 
I make light of it because I think it's very important not to allow money to dictate to you. But I do appreciate that I'm saying that from a privileged position. And the the way life can steal 50% of your income before you know what's happening. And you look at some of the, the stuff that goes on, um, some of the marketing that goes on. You know, we touched on a few of them, uh, Amazon Prime. Um, mm. As you say, all these coffee stores. You know, the, the reason that there are so many of them is because they do work. And um, I, I shudder to think how much money is actually going into those businesses. I'm sure I could look it up, actually. But, you know, what, what does the average Starbucks take? Yeah. And where could that money be going elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's a, you're always committing a sin somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing everything right all the time and being a martyr in every situation, you have some things that you think, well, I probably could have done better there. Could have, could have spent that more productively. But I think the thing for me is as well, I'm in a privileged position as well in that I could spend this money every single month and notice, but not be hurt by sure. it. And that's, you know, that's not the case for a lot of people. And I understand that that's, that's a nice position to be in. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing and the way I'm looking at it and the way I'm framing it is that I want to be aware of the decisions I'm making. I don't want them to be made on autopilot. If I decide to spend £30 a month on Starbucks, that's fine if it's a decision that I've made and I'm enjoying it. If it's autopilot habits and you know, root of simplest course and I've just kind of let it happen because everything else was slightly harder... I don't want that. You know, I want it to be a, an intentional decision. If it's an intentional decision and I don't like it, fine, I'll not make it again. But I don't want it things just, it's the creep, right? It's the things that I don't realize it's it's building up until I go, I wouldn't have decided that, but here we are nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 thorough-esque, isn't it? You know, Walden Pond and simplicity. Mm. Uh, yeah. And yeah. You know, the, the, the money things that we were talking about and the clever sort of financial services, that's that's what these are all designed to do, uh, whether it be Monzo or Starling or any of those guys. I mean, I have my UK accounts with Starling Bank, and I, I think they're absolutely fantastic. But the reason that that they are doing so well is because it's all so, so fun. This isn't spending money. I don't, I don't get bank <laughs> statements. I get pie charts. Boop. Yeah, pretty, it's, pretty uh, little it's pictures credits, and stuff. Space credits. Yeah, <laughs> and spending money is so effortless. I can do it with my phone. I can do it with my watch. And th that's why banks want to get rid of cash because you don't think about spending money. If you had to go and get that fifty pounds out of the bank and hold it in your wallet in cash and spend it and account for it yourself, that would be more friction, and you would spend less. Yes. Um, and hence the banks are investing so much money to make it so much easier for us to spend without ever knowing we're spending. Mm. I think there's an entire episode around adding friction because it's something I do an awful lot to things that I don't like and to tweak things I do like. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's probably an entire episode in itself. Indeed. And uh, well, looking at the runtime here, I think, well, my editor will probably cut this down to, I don't know, about, oh, wow, 39 minutes. Um, so I think at this point I will say, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857.